my grandmother passed away. I don't know, maybe I was seven, eight years old when she passed away. And I'm 44 now, and I still don't know what she passed away from. So, wow. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. So that's that's completely different. So, um, the the talk of medical history and uh, diagnosis and things of that nature never really like. For I can also say uh, I don't I don't remember even going to the doctor myself unless I was like sick. So like. <laughs> Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Being Rare podcast, where we have intimate and sometimes difficult conversations about living with rare diseases, disabilities, medical complexities, and special health needs. Today, we are continuing the conversation about the importance of knowing your family's health history. October is National Family History Month. It's a great time to talk to your family about your history and your stories and see how it relates to how we're living our lives today. But specifically for today's conversation, we're talking about family health history and how knowing as much as you can about your family's health can create better health, better health outcomes for you and your individual family. Joining me for today's conversation is my honey, Kareem Edwards, and my dear friend, Heather Jesval. Thank you both so much for being here with me today. Thank you. Thanks good. for having yeah, good Thanks stuff. Thanks for having me. Good stuff. So so we had a conversation a couple of days ago with some other folks. They they were here kind of representing organizations um, and their own perspectives, of course. And we were just talking about family health history. Um, just like with them, I have had conversations with both of you about how important it is to know your family's health history and and unfortunately how sometimes we don't talk about it enough. I know for, for me growing up, we didn't talk about, um, we didn't talk about our family's health uh, a whole lot. You just, it was just, it was private. It was taboo. Um, you didn't have conversations about what, what folks had going on. So I kind of wanted to start the conversation there. Um, you know, what was that like for you uh, just growing up? You know, was was talking about health and doctor's appointments, was that something that was just routine in your families or was it something that was kind of withheld in private? You just knew something, a doctor's appointment was coming up, but you didn't really know any details about it. Like, what did that look like for y'all? For me, my mom was is a nurse, so medical conversation was very easy. A lot of our dinner conversations revolved around medical issues, whether it was our family or just in general. So it was very open, and they were always open with me about our, you know, my grandparents, my great-grandparents, aunts, uncles, things they were going through. And granted, it was age-appropriate, so we didn't have personal conversations like that when I was, you know, elementary school, but especially when I got to middle school and high school age, I knew that, you know, certain family members were going through health issues. And for one, with my grandmother, she had ovarian cancer and died when I was 13. So I knew leading up to her passing what she had, what she was going through. You know, we made special trips to visit her. So it was a common conversation. And I've tried to do the same with my kids. Yeah, that's really, really important. And um, 
what about you, uh, Kareem? I mean, like, I mean, what was that like for, for you growing up? Um, yeah. Was it just yeah. routine conversation? Yeah, I was going to say totally, <clears throat> totally and completely contrasting. <laughs> uh, Heather's story, uh, for example, my grandmother passed away. I don't know, maybe I was seven, eight years old when she passed away. And I'm 44 now, and I still don't know what she passed away from. So, wow. <laughs> so yeah. So that's that's completely different. So, um, the the talk of medical history and uh, diagnosis and things of that nature never really like. For I can also say uh, I don't I don't remember even going to the doctor myself unless I was like sick. So, like how <clears throat> how we do our kids annual checkups shots whatever um i can't say i remember i recall those things as a child as a kid, adolescent yeah. and, and a young adult yeah no yeah going none often mm-hmm. yeah none of that you know i think i think you know i think for me um you know i don't i don't recall us having like in-depth conversations you know the, the family member who drinks all the time it was it was just it was just he drinks it wasn't i mean it was it was honestly it was alcoholism right. i mean he was he was an alcoholic but nobody ever called it that it was just it was just routine to acknowledge the fact that he drink that he drank all the time right. and and i think that's one of the challenges too like i think i think we and and that's a good segue into you know the next the next perspective I wanted to get from you guys you know I don't think we we call it for what it is because of that fear of judgment and you know and and the stigma that comes with um true diagnoses and you know the conversation that we had before this one with uh my um part one of this conversation they were actually talking about um mental health and was just talking about the stigma around mental health. And so I think we have to move away from, from that and, and identify it for what it is, because that's the only way you know what you're dealing with. That's the only way you can prepare for it. Um, and so that's, that's kind of my, my next question for y'all. Like, why do you think um, there's so much stigma around health diagnoses, you know, why do we get so caught up on the negative aspects of real health issues rather than just calling it for what it is so we can try to number one be helpful but then number two recognize how it might impact our lives and the children that we bring um into that family dynamic like just I mean just what are y'all thoughts about that I think part of it even now with social media, everyone wants to appear perfect. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. everything's going great. There's no issues in my family. But when you start talking about it with someone, that's when you realize, oh, they're going through something similar and it makes them relax some and mm-hmm. think, I don't have to be perfect. Mm-hmm. And part of my family history is my mom was adopted and her, all of her siblings were adopted. So we don't know a family history on that side. So I think part of it makes it so we're more aware on my dad's side to focus on it. 
but even on my mom's side, I mean, there was alcoholism, like you were just talking about. And it was very open, even as a kid. And my mom has said many times, you know, I wonder if I should have talked about it with you, if I should have kept it secret, because it wasn't pretty yeah. with my aunt and uncle. And but it was very open. And I have always been open with my kids and with other people. And, you know, with drinking, I'm like, I don't I've seen what people can go through. I'm not even getting involved in that. Right. Mm-hmm. It's not worth it to me. So mm-hmm. I think there's such a great benefit to talking about it because you can avoid things, but also it puts other at e- other people at ease to know, hey, somebody else is going through this. Let's mm-hmm. talk about it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I 100% agree. Like, mm-hmm. um, uh, I don't think, <clears throat> I don't think it's a new thing, but social media has magnified it. The, the fact mm-hmm. that nobody wants to have flaws. Everybody yeah. wants to be perfect. Right. Now, social media uh, apps have made it to where I can put away or I can hide my scars behind these filters. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't think that's just a visual thing, but uh, also a, a personality thing. I have flaws in my personality that I would love mm-hmm. to hide, right? Mm-hmm. So um, alcoholism uh, is one. If I'm being honest, <clears throat> my um, certain members of my family uh, made me to believe that was part of our identity to be mm-hmm. an alcoholic, mm-hmm. uh, which didn't sit right with me. Um, but it's like whatever, right? But um, but yeah, I 100% agree that um, now with my kids, I like to discuss things like that to mm-hmm. to help them um, maybe not avoid those same mistakes, but at least be aware, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. if we're not making if we're not making the next generation aware, then we're doing them an injustice, I think. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a really good perspective. Just, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, because we are really, really intentional to, you know, have conversations with 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 our kids um, about different things that we're going through. You know, I know um, I had um, I had to have a hysterectomy um, back in July and you know, making the decision to, um, you know, not that I was not going to share it, but, but when I decided to let my mom know that I was, that I had made the decision to have that procedure, you know, she just started talking about, oh, well, and this person had one and this person had one and I had never heard it before. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, you know, that was one of the first questions that the doctor asked me, you know, had anybody else um, in my Mm -hmm. immediate family had a a hysterectomy and and you know and I knew of I knew of one person my sister um she had had a procedure and and if I'm honest I don't even know her full procedure of what she had done but um but after you know chatting with my mom I realized that it went so much further back and I just found it really really interesting because it had never come up before but again like I think I think it's just I think it's just one of those things to where we feel like we can't talk about it. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, kind of like you were saying, Heather, <laughs> about that age appropriate conversation. Mm-hmm. I think for some families, at least it feels like it for mine, nobody was ever old enough to have the conversation. <laughs> like, like even when you were old enough, it was still a conversation that right. you avoided. Like, like you just didn't want to talk about that kind of stuff. Um, um, so just while we're right there, um, 
you know, just me talking about my own hysterectomy. I know that you both have um, medical conditions in your family that you've dealt with. I know, Heather, for you, it was uh, ovarian cancer. You had a history of that in your family. And then, Kareem, um, for you, um, it's sarcoidosis and ALS. And so I wanted to just kind of talk a little bit about, about that. Like when you know of a diagnosis, you know, how do you use that information to um, kind of prepare yourself for the possibilities, you know, because you don't know, but when there's a genetic inheritance or a possibility of a genetic inheritance um, that you are aware of, I think, I think that gives room for you to think about it. So, so I'm just curious, how did you, how did having that information help you just on your own personal health journey? Um, yeah. And yeah. What do y'all, what do y'all So do? for me with the ovarian cancer, you know, I said my grandmother died when I was 13 and she was only 64 at that point. And then I came to find out her mother had died of ovarian cancer at the same age. And my grandmother was diagnosed in her fifties, which that's young. And now I see it as even younger as, you know, versus when I was a teenager, mm. but we talked about it. You know, my parents talked about it with me and I knew that as soon as I had kids, I was ready. Hey, take everything out. Cause I don't want to have to risk going through what I saw her go through. So my husband and I, when we were even dating, I had told him about it and said, you know, this is what I'm thinking. And I just want to know what I'm facing and make sure the doctors know. So we had said we wanted to have two kids. And, you know, if God blessed us with that. So when we had our second kid, I told my OBGYN, I said, and I'd already told her about the family history. And fortunately, we have printouts of my grandmother's medical records. So we, my mom got those from the hospital where my grandmother had been treated. So I had documentation, which was good to know exactly what kind it was. So I told my OBGYN and she said, you're just too, too young. Cause I was only early thirties, like 31. So I, I pushed it and said, I really want to go to an oncologist to get their opinion on this. So she made an appointment for me at a GYN oncologist. And I went and he said, you know what? I wish more people would do this. Mm. I wish more people would come to me at this stage rather than, hey, I knew I had a family history, but I just was hoping it wouldn't happen to me. Mm. So he put me through genetic testing and found that um, there were some alarming things that he wanted to go ahead and look at. So did things like ultrasounds and he found a cyst and said, I really don't think it's anything major, but with your history, we probably need to go ahead and take care of this. So at 33, I had a full hysterectomy. Wow. And the odd thing about it, and I don't know if it's odd necessarily, is I had such a peace the whole process. And my husband was very worried. I mean, anytime a loved one's going through mm -hmm. surgery, but I went to the appointments by myself and he asked every time, I'm like, no, no big deal whatsoever. And he went to the last appointment, you know, scheduling it and all, but I had a peace knowing I've prayed about this and I know this is the right thing to do. And the doctor was very encouraging, you know, saying this was the right path. So I felt like it was the right thing to do wow. and had a full hysterectomy. And the thing is, my dad only has a brother. So there weren't any girls in that generation for us to see, hey, did it skip a generation? Did it mm -hmm. hit that generation? And mm -hmm. I didn't want it to continue. 
Yeah. Right. So decided I'd go ahead and get the full hysterectomy and hadn't looked back. It was the best decision. Wow. That and that is... cyst was fine too, you know, so which was a relief, but that didn't even worry me. It was like, this is God's way of saying, you need to have this done. You're doing exactly what you need to do. Mm-hmm. And, and you know what? And before Corinne, before you jump in, I just got to say that is taking charge of your health. You know what yes. I mean? Like that's really, that's really, um, being in control of something that you can, mm-hmm. you know, like, because once, 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 once sickness hits, right. You know, how, how many patients, and, and I've heard it more from cancer patients than, um, than probably anybody else, mm-hmm. but, but how many patients feel like they've lost control once the actual illness hits? Um, you know, I just, I just heard a cancer patient a few days ago said, um, she said that she, she shaved her hair herself mm-hmm. before it could fall out. And to her, that was being in charge of something right. that she could, um, because she knew she couldn't control the radiation. She couldn't control the, mm-hmm. the chemotherapy. Um, she couldn't control what the cancer was doing to her body, but she could control when her hair fell out. And, mm-hmm. um, and, she, and I didn't want to have regret yeah. knowing I had this family history and I did nothing. Yeah, right. you did. I nothing. mean, even if I had gone to the doctor and he, and I fully expected him to say, let's do some testing and just monitor you for 10 years or whatever. I mm-hmm. did not expect it to move that quickly, mm-hmm. but I knew God's hand was in it the whole time. And I was yeah. doing what I needed to do to take care of myself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's great that you had a medical team that supported your yes. concern, you know, because that, right. that, right. that doesn't always happen in the healthcare space too. Kareem, I want to hear yeah. from you. Um, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, no, I was just going to say that was, that was key. I think to have it, having the, um, the right people in place mm-hmm. to have a medical um, champion is huge. We, we've learned that um, with our own son, that mm-hmm. uh, every, every doctor doesn't hear your concern mm-hmm. and act on it. Mm-hmm. Um, in accordance to your desires, right? Mm-hmm. Like they, um, a lot of times they, they depend a lot or mostly on their education and that's good, I think. But as the patient, I think my wishes should, should factor into your education, right? Mm-hmm. So, right. so I think that was huge. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, as, as far as my folks, uh, well, uh, particularly my father um, passed away at, from LOS, LOS, from ALS, sorry. Um, and kind of like Heather, he was, he was a young guy. Like um, I think my, I think he was maybe 49, maybe. Wow. Um, and, and so that raises concern with me um, turning 40, now I'm 44. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the average expectancy for ALS is maybe five years. So, um, and so that brought me to recently, I've had some, um, some concern with my own health, um, like some goings on and happenings. And um, that caused me to, uh, to like Heather, speak to my physician about Mm -hmm. these concerns. And um, we're doing some testing here uh, in, in the next week and and so um it helps me to be more open with with my my physician about uh 
how I feel and what my concerns are. Um, and I think in times past or without that knowledge of my father's uh, diagnosis, I probably would have been more secretive about it, like um, mm -hmm. or dismissive, I guess. Pressure, yeah. D dismissive mm -hmm. is mm -hmm. more the word, I think. Um, but it's important. Um, and then my mom, um, she passed away from sarcoidosis, um, which I don't know a lot about. I was I was a lot older with my mom, um, an adult even. But um, not being there the same as with my dad, like when my dad passed away or was diagnosed, uh, I want to say I was 17, maybe 16, 17 years old. And um, it, even within the severity of it, uh, as a kid, I, I couldn't grasp or digest mm -hmm. what, what it all meant. Um, I knew he was sick and knew his health was declining, but... Um, as a kid, you just think, well, well, my dad's sick. But now, again, being an adult and um, having concerns of my own, like I, I think, uh, I think seeing that helps me now. Um, and I, again, like I said earlier, it, make, it also helps me to um, to be more open with our kids about um, their health and um, and our history, making sure we're transparent with. Um, as Heather said earlier, um, age-appropriate mm -hmm. uh, transparency. Um, you don't want to give them everything, but you mm -hmm. want to give them enough to mm -hmm. peak to get their curiosity and mm -hmm. have them ask questions, mm -hmm. so that you can be age-appropriate, right? So mm -hmm. you don't just dump stuff off on them, but yeah. you can answer their questions. Uh, what is this? Why is this? And you can kind of navigate that conversation with them. So um, I don't know. Does that does that answer? Yeah. What you were looking for. Yeah, yeah, it, it does. I think, you know, a couple of things stood out. The fact that, you know, you know, you were you were a teenager with your dad. And so the first thought is when when it's already something that you don't really talk a lot about, you don't know mm -hmm. a lot about it, you know, in your mind, it's just it's just like a cold. You know what I mean? Like you don't think right. about the severity of it because those conversations aren't being had. And that's, right. you know, that's that's nothing against, um, um, you know, our families or anything. Uh, like, I don't, I don't resent my family for not having those conversations with us. I just, right. it just, because we didn't, and now I'm more aware, it helps me be more intentional mm -hmm. with my children. You know, that's, that's just, that's what it is. Like, I totally get that it's just, you know, it's just, it's, it's a place of discomfort for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And, and it's a, it's a place of privacy. You know, I know we had a family member, um, you know, they got COVID and they're getting COVID uncovered so many diagnoses. And we were all like, wait a minute, what? And the family member was like, oh yeah, I knew about that. Like I knew about that. I, <laughs> like they, they knew all those diagnoses and but none of us did and I think I think the only way we did it was because we were so hands-in because we didn't know a lot about COVID and so <laughs> all this other stuff was being uncovered and it just really made you question um well goodness did and so now like I know I found myself asking other family members well did you know and <laughs> everybody was like no I had no idea I had no idea I had no idea and so like I think we just I think we have to remove um, 
the taboos of having these type conversations because, um, you know, if you find yourself in a place to where you can't communicate what's going on with your health for yourself, you want to be able to have someone to speak on your behalf. You know, um, mm -hmm. you know, my, my grandma, my grandmother is 84. Uh, I think my grandma's 84, maybe 85. And I remember, you know, she wanted her birth certificate and we tried to get it for her and there was no record of it. <laughs> and so, you know, like, so, so all we have is what she can tell us about whatever somebody else has told her about that process and about that, that, you know, her being birthed into the world and mm -hmm. any documentation of it. Like, um, like, I think it's just, it's just really important that we talk about those things because it's, it's not a paper trail for a lot of people. It's not, um, right. you know, everybody doesn't have that documentation. Um, and so I think, Kudos to you, Heather, for your mom being able to get medical records and you, right. be, you know, you being able to provide that, you know, almost like pleading a court case. Like, yes, evidence. Um, right. Because my OBGYN thought I was too young to even consider doing anything. Yeah, right. And I asked multiple times and I said, I really want an appointment with an oncologist. And they may say the same thing, but I've got to know. I've done my due diligence to see what I need to do in the future. Exactly. Um, exactly. Exactly. Um, so this has been such a great conversation. Um, you know, I think just one of the last things that I want to just kind of leave our audience with is, um, you know, you've heard from our panelists, um, from our guests about the importance of knowing your family history and and really the the benefits of it, the success story um, that their Heather has already experienced with being able to get a procedure done and, and not have any conflicts. And, and even with Kareem being able to have conversations with his doctor, um, which we're hopeful that is, is nothing, but having information about, you know, different things that his family has already experienced, he can take that information to those conversations and have, um, informed, um, information to to share with practitioners. Um, last thought: Why is that so important? You know, what is what does being proactive about your health do for your family's legacy, the children that you have birthed into the world? Um, why why should we care enough about our family before us? as we build the family coming behind us? I think an important aspect is it gives us a better understanding of who our, you know, maybe our parents and grandparents are, what they had to go through. And you see these struggles with health things that you don't want to go through and you don't want your kids to have to go through. And if there's anything you can do just by being proactive, talking to your doctor, looking for signs, why wouldn't we do that? Don't mm -hmm. we want the best for future generations? Right. And with my mom being adopted and we don't have a family history on that side, I think it makes us even more aware of, hey, we do know these certain things. So let's address it. Yeah. And honestly, when I was thinking about this topic, it made me think on my grandmother and, you know, grandparents in general. And it's kind of neat to look back and bring up memories, even if some of them are negative with the mm -hmm. things they had to go through with their medical history. 
just talking about it with your family members brings up those neat family stories too. It's not just medical. And that way my kids know my grandparents, their great grandparents that they never had a chance to meet, Uh but we can talk about it. So don't let your conversations just be about, Hey, your great grandparent went through this. Let it be. (laughs) They went through this. You need to be aware for your family history, but Oh, let me tell you this cool story about who they were, what they did. Uh And some of it's similar to what, they're like, you know, the personality traits that go through. So it's not just family medical history. It's, Mm -hmm. you know, family traits, characteristics that's cool to bring up. So don't let it just be a focus on health because nobody wants to talk about health problems all the time. That's right. (laughs) Right. And that, and that's a great way to have the conversation, just sliding Mm -hmm. in to a normal conversation. Kareem, go ahead. No, yeah, no, I was just going to say for me, just like I said a minute ago, uh, awareness, like um so that you don't i guess feel like doctors are places where you go just because you're sick mm-hmm. but you go um uh, that's a that's a uh, that's the icing on the cake if you will to have a doctor available for when i am sick but also to monitor my health right mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. so um i think again without without the knowledge of my dad's diagnosis um my something like my arm tingling or my fingers tingling would have been dismissed mm-hmm. previously um, mm-hmm. as oh well it's this or that or the other but because I know of my dad it made me um, not fearful but definitely concerned as to um, what's going on with me um, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and uh, to Heather's point I think we should uh, not just remember my grandfather or my dad or whomever in in my family history had cancer or uh, diabetes or whatever high blood pressure Mm -hmm. uh, heart problems but we also should remember them for the the great things that they did um number one being there so i could be here right yeah And Mm -hmm. and so that's that's um that's a different perspective to have on it i think um yeah i appreciate that heather that insight Mm-hmm. That is really good. All right. Well, we appreciate you both so much for hanging out with us. Guys, this is part two. So make sure you watch part one of this conversation. Know your family health history. You can find uh, more episodes of the Being Rare podcast on uh, the eWeFoundation.org backslash forward slash whatever you say podcast if you have not subscribed to the being rare podcast do so wherever you listen to your podcast this is national family health history nope this is national family history month make sure to share this episode with a family member share with a friend or a colleague anybody who you think will find value in our content until the next episode be rare thank you guys so much for being with us today we appreciate you so much thank you thanks all right